Starting out in the holiday let industry and setting up your holiday let can be daunting, especially dealing with the financial side, the budgeting, pricing, and exceeding those guest expectations right from the beginning. That's where my guest, Amanda Stecker, founder of Holiday Letology, brings her experience and knowledge into force to help you do just that. But before we do that, as this podcast is all about growing your holiday let business, one way of doing that is through repeat bookings. To help you do that, I've created a free guide to help you create repeat bookings in five easy steps. You can grab the link from the show notes and I would love to know what you think. So let me know over on Instagram at Jane Mac Consulting. Now, let's find out more about setting up your holiday let for success. Hello and welcome to this episode of Grow Your Holiday Let Business. I am your host, Jane Mack, and today I'm joined by Amanda Stecker, the founder of Holiday Letology and Unique Cotswold Cottages. So welcome, Amanda. It's lovely to have you on the show today. Thank you very much. Really nice to, to see you and speak with you. Yes, absolutely, Amanda. So just to let our listeners know, you have built a very successful business with your cottages, which has also led to you winning awards and being in the press, which is now how you use that knowledge and experience for your business coaching. I am helping people through holiday letology, which is helping them buy successful holiday lets and to grow them as well. So tell us a bit about your background, Amanda, you know, what's inspired you to do what you do and and to, to grow these businesses? So I started around five years ago. I uh, started with one property. I didn't know what I was doing. I started, uh, but I knew that I needed to grow an income. I had separated from my husband and wanted to have an income in in retirement. I didn't want to go back into the corporate world. My background was marketing and long hours and and lots of pressure. And I had a young family. Um, So I managed to get hold of a deposit. I invested in one property and then then it grew from there. Initially, when I started, there wasn't much help out there. And I did go with uh, one of the big agents to do my bookings but I realized pretty quickly that they were a taking a lot of money in commission and b um setting my prices at, at a rate that was that was too low and so I, I moved away from working with them and I, I really sort of learned on the job in terms of yeah. building up the business and um the more I've, I'm in this business the more passionate I've become about it and about yeah. guest service and you know making a really good income from from a holiday rental property yeah it's amazing just when you say about the passion and I, I think when you do get into this industry people who get in it and you know, really stay in it do have that passion for it don't they um and I think I've heard a lot of people say very similar to what you said how you were paying lots of commissions you were paying fees you weren't happy with the pricing and that's what really has encouraged you to try and get out and do it yourself and make those changes to you know to benefit you and you know, obviously benefit your guests as well so um and I think that passion comes through in that when you think I'm going to do it myself I'm going to put my own you know processes in place and I'm going to do it rather than just set up a house and let somebody else let it so I think that that's really really good and you know your passion for it obviously has paid off because you know you've you've grown your your cottage business and you've, you've got awards there as well haven't you yeah so um so in the in the five years that that I've been running the cottages I've gone from from one to five properties mm-hmm. the value of them is uh over about a million and a half I've self funded I've invested in profits and used you know uh mortgages as well holiday rental mortgages 
Um, and about two and a half years ago, when it was the pandemic, actually, and we, we needed to close the cottages, I had a bit of time on my hands. I decided to use my marketing uh, and training background to start helping other people uh, who were in a similar position to me. Either either they were looking at their retirement thinking, oh my goodness, I haven't got going to have enough. Or perhaps they were in a job they were unhappy about, didn't want to stay in that role. Um, and so like you, I started helping people to to do what I've done and, and to grow into, you know, a, a, a business where you could actually bring in a significant amount of, of income uh, in order to live comfortably. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's amazing how much the pandemic comes up in these conversations when we talk about this industry. But it has been the big player, you know, for like people like yourself to progress into another part of your business, to expand your business into another area, to do something to help people, you know, taking all your knowledge and experience. Um, and I think obviously having your five cottages means you've got that experience and knowledge and that straight away that really builds a trust with people who know that you know what you're talking about. You know, you've got this experience, you've lived through it and you're still living through it. Um, the fact that you still keep the cottages going means that you're also learning all the time with new things and new developments and seeing changes in the market and all these things that you can help your your clients with as well. So what would you say, Amanda, as part of this this coaching and, and business consulting side with holiday letology, what are you finding would be the main challenges that people are facing who are trying to get into the holiday let industry? So the first, the first one I would say is it's a very crowded market right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, uh, you know, as we mentioned with the pandemic, there was lots of talk about staycations and people thought, great, I'll get on that bandwagon. I will set up a holiday rental. And initially, a lot of people have done very well with that, particularly when, you know, people couldn't drop, uh, travel abroad. And now the market in some areas is is very you know there's a big oversupply mm -hmm. and then there's a bit of a shock when the demand is lower yeah. so the first thing I would say is be prepared for the ups and downs of this business yeah. and when you're looking at investing in the property try and invest in a, in a, an area that is going to have year-round appeal um, and if it hasn't got year-round appeal, then make sure the things that you offer in your property, your USPs and unique selling points, are going to help drive that that year those year-round stays. Because people do go away year-round, but yeah. there's a lot of supply. It, it, you know, in the winter time, there's there's less demand, more supply, and you want to be the one that's chosen over others. Oh, definitely. And you know, I see that. In my own area here on, on the Isle of Arran, it didn't used to be a year round place, but it was very seasonal. But it was just like, you know, March to October and that was it. But over the years, that totally changed and it is year round now. A bit different because we have a ferry to sort of logistically challenge us um, over the winter months. But out with sight, you know, that aside, um, you know, I find that the area itself or what people can offer here also has its appeal out with the main season. So, you know, that year round thing really, really does pay off. And just to go back a wee bit when you were talking about investing there, I know that you've got a lot of experience in investing in the property and obviously getting finance behind it, being able to get it set up. You know, can you tell us a wee bit about sort of how people can go about that or you know things they should be looking for if they're actually starting out investing at the beginning? 
Yeah, so so one of the first things is you do need to have a deposit. And generally speaking with holiday rental investments or any property investments, it needs to be around 25% of the value of the property. Um, however, you actually need more than that because you need to add to that, you know, furnishing the property, doing yeah. any works to it. So you do need to have a deposit. And if you if if you if you don't have that cash available then it's how do you find that maybe you might need to borrow that from somebody else or or you know do it do a partnership deal or something something like that but once you have that together then I strongly advise you go to a specialist broker all of my clients get access to the specialist broker that I use yeah. um, and the reason for that is the high street banks uh, they don't generally touch this this business but there are specialist brokers out there and specialist lenders out there who you know, are committed to this industry and, and will absolutely lend. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I would say is do your numbers forecast what your potential income is likely to be, um, both worst case, mid case and high case scenarios so that you know that you're not risking your money and nobody's, you know, if, if, yeah. if the worst case happens, that you're still going to be able to pay your mortgage. Because the truth is, if you don't do that, when you come to applying for your mortgage, they will do their version of that. Yeah. So unless you're confident that you're going to get your, you know, you're actually going to be able to drive income, then there's no point going down any further, the, you know, going down the road any further because the mortgage company won't won't accept you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's sometimes quite the scary part, isn't it? Doing that forecasting and trying to to know and to work out and understand, you know, what bookings am I likely to get and what's my cost? And I think sometimes new owners forget about all the little you know, they all maybe have booking fees or card fees or commissions to pay. They know there's going to be a changeover cost of linen, but then they forget about all the little things like the annual boiler service and the maintenance things that could crop up and they need their garden done and who's going to do the gardening. And uh, then there's just there's always those replacement of items and, um, you know, just replenishing of, of stocks in the property. So there's so many little bits, isn't it, that you just don't automatically think about. Um, I think that's what's really important. Obviously, we've, I know you help people with that whole setup because these are all the bits that, sometimes become a shock, I think, to, to new owners when they say, oh, I never thought of this. You know, I used to give people a list for the kitchen. You know, here's your list of items. And they look at this like A4 page with like three columns full and they go, oh, I need all this. I think, but actually you already have this in your house, in your kitchen. So it's all the same stuff. You're just seeing it on paper, but they think I don't need all this stuff. It's just a holiday mm -hmm. let. Um, and I think as well, it's really important for, you know, new property owners to understand just how high guest expectations are now as well so you know gone are the days of um well i've put the, the standard in everything the basics there that'll do because that'll do doesn't work anymore you know no, it doesn't you've got to have those extras they have to have these you know everything is suppose home from home really people like now you know they, they don't gone are the days of going to a holiday home and it's okay because it's really basic it's a holiday home they want a home from home don't they that's what they pay for they want the comfort they want the experience and they want it to be easy so they you know they want to be able to decide to go for a picnic and that's okay because there's items there I can take in a picnic or you know there's picnic blankets and there's all yeah. these little bits that makes their life really easy which is the overall experience um, and I think that's where new owners really need to have a really good understanding of all the elements of what goes into the actual property itself um, before they even put it out there to let. I, I totally agree with you. And, and and it is a shock for new owners. I have exactly the same with my clients when I sort of give them the list. And, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, do I really need all of this? And, you know, the list that 
that I give them isn't the same list that you would have in your home, but it's not far off because you're absolutely right. People are going to stay in a home and they want to have the things to hand that, you know, they don't want to be having to go out and buy a corkscrew or a or, or bottle opener. And they're just the basic ones. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they need to have multiple cutlery and multiple plates and multiple mugs mm-hmm. uh, because they get through a lot of stuff and like you would at home. Yeah. And, um, and people don't, don't realize that at the start. And in fact, I think one of the pieces of advice I give to people is, you know, initially when you're setting up, you are shelling out a lot of money and it can be quite scary because you just feel like, oh, and another thing to buy and it's mattress protectors and it's, you know, and it's all those little things that you didn't even realize you needed that you knew that you needed. Um, But if you, if you budget for them upfront, then Mm. it becomes less of an issue when you're shelling out. But as soon as you start, if you've done that bit right, it means that you're going to exceed guests expectations which means you're going to get great reviews which means you're going to be driving those year-round stays which make the real difference between just being in this business and actually achieving you know real profits from it oh absolutely and I think budgeting for these things it's one of these things you need to continue to budget year on year it's not a case of and I've set it up. It's good to go. Lovely job done. It's the continuing budgeting of it. Because um, I know we'd have a lot of new owners who I think sometimes you hear what's going on in the industry and you think, oh, I'm going to make X, Y and Z. Well, you're not going to initially make that your first year because you've just shelled out an awful lot of money. And it's that realisation. I just kind of managing people's expectations that it's not going to be in the first year because you've got to get the bookings in. But you've also, you know, you've, you've put a lot of money into it. But it's then seeing it year on year catch up on itself seeing what's coming in and just seeing how it then starting to grow is you know what can make the difference and I know for a lot of my owners a lot of them you know different reasons people had their holiday home it was maybe an investment for down the line maybe they're going to retire to it was to leave a something for children or grandchildren leave a, a family home there and they were quite happy for it just to wash its face they were quite happy just to you know whatever they get out of it they invest back into it because if they invest back into it they're keeping it in good quality. They're keeping the standards there. You know, they're moving with the market. They're moving with the expectations out there. So you think that, you know, the finance, the forecasting is a, a huge part of it. But sometimes the part that nobody actually wants to deal with, because you just want the nice part of it. And you want to decorate it and make it look lovely. But it is, you know, it's yes. a really important part to year on year being very aware of what you need to put back into the property. Um, yes, and and if you if you if you have really clear objectives, like you've mentioned a few different objectives there. If you're really clear about your objectives, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. If your objective is that this is a business, and I want to make a, a you know a profit from it, and I want that profit to be more than investing either in just a straight rental or in putting it in the bank or you know in shares Mm -hmm. then it becomes a lot easier to be clear about well okay that means I've got to invest this amount in order to achieve this amount and if you do it right you you certainly can make really great profit from Mm -hmm. from this business and much more than than other you know other ways of of certainly leaving your money in the bank (laughs) yeah no absolutely and once they get the guests in obviously they're going to want to get the right amount of rentals in have you found any challenges at the moment in terms of what they're charging their their nightly rates are these changing a lot at the moment are you finding are people actually getting the money they want in so in in my case this the strategy that that I teach we actually get a higher nightly rate than other properties in our 
area mm-hmm. um myself and my clients and also a higher occupancy and that's because we very much go for quality and try and aim at those guests that aren't price sensitive yeah. and that value high quality over how much they they pay and when you target that that audience what then happens is and you exceed their guest expectations then you get excellent reviews Mm -hmm. um you know you get reviews like this is the best airbnb i've ever stayed in which i've had i recently had a message from a guest saying something from a client saying oh my god i've got this review Mm -hmm. and when you get reviews like that that attracts other guests because yeah. they you know they want to stay in the best airbnb that someone else has ever stayed in and um and so you can keep your prices high mm-hmm. uh, it becomes the law of diminishing returns if you start reducing your prices and reducing your prices and trying to compete in that place because mm-hmm. that's when you can't then afford to replace the linen or you know yeah. keep up with the upkeep of the property yeah absolutely and do you use dynamic pricing in your properties at all to try and maximize the sort of... Yeah, so at the the moment I manage the pricing myself Mm -hmm. because I have a strategy that I use, which is very similar to dynamic pricing, you know, a dynamic pricing tool. It's it's looking at the events and the bank holidays Mm -hmm. and, you know, the seasonal variations, weekends, weekdays, Mm -hmm. and making sure that we price accordingly and then keeping a regular um look at those that pricing Mm -hmm. and some sometimes you know even daily changing pricing daily but certainly weekly so I prefer to do it manually um I don't have anything against dynamic pricing for some people who are either time short or perhaps new to the industry who want to try it then I don't I think that's that's worth doing the mm-hmm. the issue is that you're relying on someone else or a computer if you like to come yeah. up with your pricing so I think if you're going to do that you also still need to be mindful of it yeah. and keep an eye on it and making sure that you're you're you know you're working with it as mm-hmm. opposed to just handing it over and letting it do it all yeah absolutely and I know that when I had my business I did it all manually myself for every owner every property was a huge time consuming aspect because I was doing it for like 50 properties at the time 50 to 60 properties then and it was you know I would check every individual property we would look at it in line with all the dates the school holidays the holiday everything everything you said all those sort of events that are happening locally um and I compare it against other people in the market in the same area and then we'd look and see where we are we'd adjust it accordingly and you know, the owners really liked that they because they, they knew it was being looked at in line with their specific area their events the holiday everything that you know everywhere areas got their own sort of events where it'll be like everyone will flock to that week and stuff so it was very personalized yes. to that that area when I sold the business and the, the properties went on to well they didn't go straight away go to dynamic pricing it was a bit of an option some of them did go on to it it was quite a shock for them because all of a sudden prices were like suddenly shut up or, or down and then they were getting confused and it was quite hard to adjust to that way of working yet they could see the benefits in one way but then they would still say oh but Jane could you not just go and check and see could you just go back in and check because I think they still had that way of I like to know exactly in my area what's happening what's other people doing am I you know is this pricing relating to the fact that we have a really popular week at the end of May here or or, you know we have a festival that happens there are these prices reflecting that and of course they they weren't totally because you know it was across it was a huge company it was across a huge board so it does it does make differences when you can sort of have some manual adjustments or as you say, just keeping an eye on it, just being aware of your area. And also, if you've seen people that are booking at those rates, then why on earth would you, why would you lower it, you know? So 
And yeah, and, and I think it's easy to assume that um, if you're not booked, you should just lower your price. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the case because mm -hmm. it's not the case that everybody looks at the cheapest property. Mm -hmm. uh, in my, you know, my experience, guests look first and foremost at your photographs and they look yeah. at your reviews mm -hmm. and price often comes much later on. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, when I see people saying I'm booked all year in January, I think you're probably too cheap yeah. because, you know, if you're already booked all year, mm -hmm. then you've gone for occupancy rather than than rate and yeah. um yeah and so you know particularly in high season that's when you can hold your nerve when you can wait for those bookings to come in that you know you might have to wait a little bit longer but mm -hmm. you can hold your nerve because you know that you're going to get uh, a good you know good income from that and that's particularly yeah. important to to driving profit year round absolutely and just you know what you were saying about the having a high occupancy because of maybe reduced the price the other thing that owners sometimes wouldn't think about is the wear and tear on the house. So you've lowered yes. the price, you're getting more people through for a less price, which means that's more likely to you to have more sort of upgrades and, and paint touch-ups and all those little things you need to do and possibly, you know, replace items, but you've brought in less money. I think sometimes it's like a, a vanity met metric, really, isn't it? I am, you know, so much... It is. But is it actually going to pay off in the long run? So it's really just, it's supposed to take in any of individual properties, just being really aware and looking at what is it I'm looking for? What is it I actually want? You know, offset against wear and tear and replacement of items and and all those things as well and god there's so much you have to think about the holiday letters now <laughs> there's so many sides to it yeah there is and I think if I you know if I had to pick one thing that I I, I feel drive drives everything else it's exceeding guest expectations yeah, if you are doing that if you are you know if you're in an area that's got appeal if you've provided things in your property that are mm -hmm. make a difference to the guests stay if you're communicating well and making recommendations to guests that you know they're going to enjoy and you're welcoming your guests properly then mm -hmm. all of those things will exceed guest expectations and yeah. then you will get the great reviews and yeah. then you will be able to drive more profit Absolutely. when you focus on price um rather than you know those the, the guest experience mm -hmm. then it's not necessarily going to be as effective so taking a step back and thinking about how is it going to be for this guest is my is my linen you know bobbly or is it good to you know is it is it a really nice luxurious linen is my mattress comfortable or more than comfortable yeah. so that you know guests get a great night's sleep uh and all of those things as well all of those tiny things that you might not think about but does affect a, a guest's experience are oh, yeah. so important every time and the thing is if you've created a really good experience for the guest if something does go wrong during that holiday it's so much easier to deal with because they see how good the experience is they see how good you as a host you've been your communication you know everything that they've got so far so they're much easier to deal with as well if something goes wrong so even if something does so go much yeah totally agree with you I totally yeah. agree with you if you go that extra mile for your guests up front yeah. with your communication and your welcome and everything else when things go wrong which they do not just yeah. in holiday rentals but in hotels and you know in life in in airlines everything else guests are so much more forgiving yeah. and kind to you and more likely to still write you a great review which is you know so important if you have ticked all those other boxes exactly and i know i've had guests in the past where something's happened even prior to this day i've not been happy with something they've maybe received or an email they're not happy with 
and you know from day one they're going to be a nightmare do you know and i used to say to the girls in the office we'd say you know so-and-so's coming down like all right so that's a nightmare he's going to be a nightmare this week because he didn't like the email he got whatever and you know straight away they're just going to pick and find and every little thing they'll just throw at you and you know it's part of the industry is when you are dealing with the public it's not doesn't need to be that way but unfortunately you will get people like that but that's where it does pay to get it right and get it correct right from the very beginning from that moment right from there start seeing your house and right through because it will absolutely pay dividends in the end for it so that's one great point you've just made there about guest expectation has been the most important thing so anything else amanda that you could any advice you could give to anyone who's either starting out in the industry or they're thinking about it that would really help so make their business a success yeah, so I think I talked about the fact that the the supply is, you know, there's a lot of supply out there. There's a lot of players in the market. People have come in thinking, oh, I can make more money from making my property a short-term rental rather than it being a long-term rental. So there is a lot out there. There's a lot of competition. So making sure that you think about what are your unique selling points, yeah. what are the things that make you different to others mm -hmm. will really help your property to stand out from the crowd. Mm -hmm. And then making sure that, that you show those USPs in your photographs, in your welcome, in your communication. So things like it, you know accepting dogs if you can because dogs you know people have to walk their dogs every mm -hmm. day 365 days a year mm -hmm. so going away with their dog is you know for people who have dogs which is a huge percentage of the population now mm -hmm. and particularly in the UK um, that's something that will attract guests and stand you out from others them welcoming the dogs so that so that the guest feels like you know if you if you tell a bit like if you say to somebody I, your baby's so cute if you say mm -hmm. to somebody your dog's so cute um I love your dog then they love you so yeah. welcoming the dog as well as welcoming yeah. the guest can really help with that mm -hmm. and and um and so thinking about USPs whether they're ones that are you know you're in a in an area of outstanding beauty or whether they are ones like you've put in a log burner where yeah. there wasn't one before so that you're driving, you know, winter stays, for example, um, those will make the difference to yeah. you really getting strong income from your property. Yeah, fantastic point. Absolutely, Amanda. I totally agree with every one of those. I love a unique selling point. There's and every property, no matter how much they think, oh, I'm just like this one. I'm just like, no, they will have something that's different. But no matter what that thing is, share it and put it out there and tell people about it. Because unless you tell people, guests aren't going to know. They're just going to scroll on unless you tell them about it. So it's fantastic. So Amanda, is there, where's the best place? If somebody wants to follow you, will they want to connect with you? I am um, get any of your fantastic resources and, and advice. Where is the best place to find you on? So I'm on social media. Mm -hmm. So Holiday Letology is on Instagram. Holiday Letology is also on Facebook. If you go on to either of those, you can click and get a free guide telling you lots more information. There's lots of free in information if you go onto there that you can get you can follow me and I'm always giving out some tips and advice and if you want to you can always book a call with me again that if you go onto the website there's a way to do that and in the show notes I think you're going to put, put in a link as well to yeah. some some free information that guests can access 
Absolutely. We'll add everything in the show notes for everyone so you can pop in there and just download all the goodies that you can possibly get from, from the show today. So Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think you and I could just chat for ages about the industry we and could. our experiences because obviously we've an awful lot in common, which is why I love speaking to people like you because you know we've just, we can chat about so much and uh, yeah, we, we've experienced so much together, which is always a great conversation to have. So thank you very much. And to everyone listening today, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope you've really enjoyed it and can take away some really good golden nuggets from this. So if you've liked what you heard and you think others could benefit from it, then do please leave a review. If you've got any questions at all, then just let me know and you can jump over to Instagram and find me at Jane Mac Consulting. So now is your time to go and grow your own holiday lit business. <laughs>